Welcome to Ready to Mosh, a podcast all about rock, metal and alternative music. I'm Kev P. And I'm Gem G. Each episode will bring you the latest news, talk about new releases and review gigs and festivals that we've been to. There'll be a smattering of guest interviews and a lot of random chat. As well as podcasts, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. Just search at Ready to Moshcast. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Ready to Mosh. This week we have our first guest interview. We have two-thirds of Sinkalima, Josh and Stoff. In the episode we talk about how the band began, the news that they're going to be playing Bloodstock this year and they also face the quickfire round. Right, so we've got a special episode this week. We've got the guys from Sinkalima. So we've got Josh and we've got Stoff. How are you doing, guys? Yeah, doing good. Yeah, good, thank you. How are you guys? Yeah, we're all good. Good, thank you. Awesome. Right, so I suppose right at the beginning, how did Sinkalima form? Um, it's a bit of a lockdown project, really, wasn't it? It was around about January last year. Last year. Me and Gaz used to be in a band together and that all kind of dissipated over lockdown. And then Gaz was living in Ilkeston and um, he moved to Mansfield, where I'm from. And then he called me up and said, I'm ready to start a band now. <laughs> like, okay, let's start a new band. Um, who do we know who can sing and play guitar? Josh was at the top of the list, so I gave him a call and he said, so like beginning of last year, we just kind of got together over lockdown and, and started doing what we can, really. All right, cool. Yeah, so you were saying that you formed, was it February 21? Yeah, yeah. So it was uh, about the beginning of last year. Um, so we started sort of chatting in January, February time. And then started sort of getting real proper ideas down from sort of April onwards, really, when we're allowed in yeah. people's houses. Not allowed to <laughs> practice yet, but allowed in houses and back gardens. Yeah, back garden jams to start yeah. with. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And where does the name Sinkalima come from? Ah, well. Do you want to, do you want to take this one, Josh? Uh, yeah. So the one of the answers is um, that the Sinkalima fruit is um, a Filipino fruit that gives um it gives power to the person who eats it the, the power of rhythm and intelligence and vitality um and just following on from that when you messaged us a couple of weeks ago after we mentioned you in a podcast and you said thanks for getting the name right how do people get it wrong oh well um i don't know how but it just seems to be awkward for some people um, uh, sing Colima is quite a popular one this <laughs> okay <laughs> Some people like, I think uh, some people just because it's not a recognisable word, they just sort of take a run up and like get the beginning right, but then just freak out halfway through. So they think a llama giraffe and stuff like that and just really get it wrong. But, yeah, uh, we've had um, Sincolima, Sinlochema. Sin, yeah, Sinlochema. Like what? How some stuff. Well, I mean, it's. I think it's quite easy. It might be a bit of a tongue twister if you put on the spot, but it's... Bless him, our mate Jack from Cottonmouth. We played more gigs with Cottonmouth than we have with any other band. And for the longest time, Jack couldn't say it, could he? Yeah. And he kept trying to shout us out on stage, bless him, because he's such a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> you guys just screaming, no, you've got it wrong again. <laughs> well, the last time we did it, you got it right, and I was in the front, going, yeah, you know, you nailed it, man, you did yeah. it! <laughs> Yeah, I mean, after that, we kind of went on. It's like, oh, thanks to Jack from Notting Cow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so who and what are your influences? Kind of like musically, who's kind of like, what's kind of shaped the band? 
I guess you'd call me the band leader. No, sometimes. I don't want to assume that at all. Um, I'm the band leader. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've always been into like, uh, you know, stoner, groovy stuff. And so for the sort of first part, 80, 75% of the stuff I'd sort of brought in as ideas to begin with and we'd mashed them all up. But anything sort of groovy, stonery. Um, so I really like Clutch, Sabbath, Orange Goblin, Caius, the Desert kind of rock. You like you like riffs played on the pentatonic scale with triplets in. Yes, anything in twelve eight timing. Yeah, in triplets. But then uh, me and Gaz are into slightly different things. Gaz is into a lot of eighties stuff, and he yeah, drummers are always weird. Um, I like, <laughs> I, I like sort of a lot of like poppier things than you, and that's yeah. where some of the choruses and things came from. It's yeah, just because uh, me and Josh kind of cross over in that stoner territory, but. Was I kind of going to weird stuff like Mr. Bungle and, and Faith No More and things like that? You kind of like pop punk. Yeah, I drift over towards Blink One Eight Two rather than Mr. <laughs> Mr. Bungle. Uh, you pretty much get um, you know, really intricate riffs and then a really catchy chorus. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. I like some of the things that came through when I've been listening to the album was uh, definitely Clutch. You could see, you could hear Clutch was definitely an influence there. Uh, but I also kind of got a bit of Ugly Kid Joe as well. Yeah, uh, on kind of, of the tracks. Yeah, we kind of picked up a strange grunge vibe, yeah. and it, it's not intentional. I mean, we all like grunge, but it's 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 just kind of oh yeah, there is a lot of that. Yeah, but I don't think um, we at any point set out with any of the riffs or the songs to go like, right. We want this to sound like this. It was just a case of here's an idea. It's a good idea. Let's well, go. We like the idea. Yeah. Um, Let's go with that. And then what came out was just sort of the sound of the three of us doing what we do together and trying to work out how to do do that, really, on the first yeah, first record. We it's tried like, not to put any sort of boxes around ourselves. I mean, uh, one track on the album, Laguna, I kind of wrote that by accident. I kind of wrote the bass riff with the clean guitar over the top. And I sent it to the guys, like, I wrote this. Mm, check this out. And they're like, that's amazing. We need to turn that into a song. I'm like, yeah. I wouldn't have thought of that, like, I was just messing around, but like it evolved into that song. So it's kind of like, oh, there really are no limits. Let's just sort of do what we can, sort of thing. Yeah, that that was a really important like song in like the development of our whole like ethos because that was sort of different from that stoner thing. And then it's got the the verse part, which is just those like do it do it chords, and it was all a bit different. And it just was like, well, if we can do that, do whatever we want. And we're writing songs for the second record, and we're pushing it even further on that with like the sounds and the ideas that we use them. Yeah, so it's it's evolution rather than pigeonhole. So when people say, oh, what do you sound like? Well, the first record kind of sounds a bit stonery and then the second record might sound half stonery and then a bit more weirder as well. And then who knows what it's going to sound like in the future. But we just want to make the best music that we can make together. Well, he's certainly coming along well. That that first that first album, I've listened to that a lot since um, uh, since we. I think it was would have been the Mangotta mm. Festival playlist, yeah. wouldn't it? Awesome, thank you. Yeah, I mean that was like four months. I mean, if you remember last year, when I mean, we we couldn't. I think the pubs only opened again like inside from like May onwards, so we couldn't rehearse properly in a rehearsal studio until like May, and we couldn't gig at all. So it was just like let's just jam and write songs and if we can't gig we'll we'll write an album so we just we worked up to that so we had no sort of pressure in terms of oh we're gigging this week we're gigging next week and we got oh shit we've got 10 songs are we allowed to swear 
Just yeah. say whatever you want. Yeah, it's absolutely fine. <laughs> and it's like, oh crap, we've got we've got ten songs together. That's enough for it. I'm sure we record an album. And it was like, boom! Like I think it was the end of June last year. So after like four months, we've got ten songs together. Uh, recorded the album, and then things got better, and we were able to sort of gig from August, and we've been gigging from there, and got the album out. And then it was like, right, next, let's write the next album. <laughs> When it comes to writing the music then, do you normally write the riffs first or do the lyrics come first or is it like a mixture of both? It's riffs first, yeah. always riffs first. Mm. Yeah. Lyrics are like the last thing normally to be done. So it goes like riffs and then we'll have a, um, whoever's come up with the riffs, usually it's you, but I've, sometimes it's been me and Gaz has written one song on this new album and then we bring it in without lyrics, kind of play it in the rehearsal studio with all of us there and work on the arrangements and stuff and start thinking about vocal melodies, but then the lyrics are the last, the last part to, to get done. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like, I might have one riff that I'll bring I've got this one riff and then we might work on it together. Yeah. Or I might attempt a whole song and be like, I'm kind of stumped on how it goes together, but I've got this collection of riffs and then we'll take it to the group and we'll take it apart and piece it together. Cause guys, a drummer, he's really good at like arranging. So he goes, no, that's a, that should be a verse. That should be. And, um, Lyrically as well, both Josh and Gaz are best at piecing together melodies and, and lyrics and things like that. And yeah, it's kind of a collective effort once yeah. that like, initial spark has started. It's sort of like it is like when someone when you get stuck in it, then you just like well, when you get stuck, when I get stuck, like I've got this most of a song, half of a song, but like help me finish it, and then that's that's the sort of process. Mm. Middle eight's always the hardest. Middle yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So. Um, what's been your favourite show that you've played so far? Ooh, oh. I've got a real soft spot for that one in Wales. Where was that? You know, that tiny little stage. Oh my god, that was amazing! It was so it was so odd. Like, where was it? Just over the bridge. I can't remember what the place is called. Just over the bridge. <laughs> it was just Chepstow. Chepstow. It was like it was not. It was one of the first gigs we played, wasn't it? Um, mm, it, was, yeah, it was quite early on. I think it was it December, November no, no. before that. It was it oh. was in it was last autumn sometime. Yeah. Um, the stage was so small; it was covered in water and broken glass. I, I don't know why. It was. <laughs> like people walk in and then yeah. they knock the PA speakers and stuff, and it's like that. Yeah, but it's it's just, just, yeah. the sound guy wasn't even at his desk; he was just trying to hold the the speakers up like this. The whole thing. <laughs> the place was so full; they kept getting knocked over. The mic stand kept getting knocked over, and it was just awesome. It was just so like that was really punk rock, and it was just that was really fun. Um, at the other end of the scale, like Mangata Fest, that was pretty. Mangata Fest was awesome. nice, nice stage there. The, the stage at the rescue rooms, rescue rooms is always nice. Yeah. A professional sound. It's uh, yeah, it's a cool little setup they've got there. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. What, like my mind's gone blank. Like what gigs have we played? What gigs have we played? Uh, when we supported Evil Scarecrow at Yardbirds oh, yeah, back in yeah, April, that was fun. Uh, that was awesome because it was like a proper. They've sort of got their gear set up. They did their sound check with all the props and everything like that. And then we just kind of set up in front. And because they go ampless on stage, they plug straight into their own desk and they've got an ear feeds. We got to take our own engineer with us who set a rig up for us. So had all this big backline and everything and all of them like proper spent a lot of time getting the sound check right. Which often at normal gigs, it's like 15 minute changeovers, boom, you're on, yeah. kind of deal with it. Half an hour late, you're like, oh, I've played crap. But this was like proper taking your time to get like the sound and levels right and everything, and that was and and Yardbirds is is really nice too. 
really cool. That sounds really cool. Mm. Yeah. So obviously we came across you because of Mangata Festival. How did you actually end up getting booked for Mangata? Were you just approached by the promoters? Um, yeah. We've, we've known Chris, both of us, in different bands for ages, ages and ages. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've done shows for Chris in the past mm. in different bands. And um, when we got the album out at the end of last year, sort of around about the time, they were taking on bands for the Metal to the Masses as well. So we applied for that, and then he just sent an email saying, oh, we've got this new festival next year. Do you guys want to play it? I'm like, of course we do. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> and then as it grew and the poster grew, it's like, oh, crap, we're on the main yeah, stage. He hooked us up with a really Yeah, <laughs> yeah so great. that was unexpected but very cool, and it turned out to be an amazing weekend. So were you not, were you not told that you were going to be main stage then? No, he just said, oh, uh, can you play on the Saturday? And then we'll sort of feed you information as it comes along. And then there was like, the poster come out, that initial sort of crew on like the first poster, one of the first bands to get booked along with the, the other bands that were on there. And it's like, oh, does that mean we're on the main stage? Yeah. Oh, cool. So it's just like, yeah. yeah. But yeah, we kind of left that up to him because he knows what he's doing. So he's got a plan and it looks like it worked very well. Yeah. We think it, it went really well. We're hoping yeah. there's going to be more of those. Yeah. It, it was a really good weekend. Yeah, it was brilliant. Hopefully they'll have us back next year. Well, he, he won't have us back because he's retired now. Yeah, so Laura, Laura's yeah, partner Laura from Ike is looking after it now, but it's still be going ahead, so we'll uh, we'll have to be nice to Laura now. <laughs> nice to everyone all the time, though, so that shouldn't be a problem. Well, yeah, true. That's true. <laughs> so you, you mentioned Metal to the Masses and that you applied for that. So I suppose kind of following on for that, how did the Bloodstock booking come about? Well, we were sort of progressing through unexpectedly because – we are a bit different. I mean, like, there's a big metalcore presence in Nottingham now, which is cool. So we are a bit different to everyone else. So we were surprised at the fact that we got, like, all the way through to the final. And it was like, oh. there's only three bands in the final, so it's like, bloody hell. Um, and then sort of Simon uh, from Bloodstock couldn't make it because um, he's injured himself, bless him. But he normally goes to every single final and, and makes the decision, but he couldn't make ours. Um, so Chris was like, Mm, Simon's told me that, that you know there, there is an opportunity uh, for uh, to play on the Jägermeister stage for you know the band that doesn't win, so like second or third place or whatever. So okay, so we kind of played, and then like the next morning, Simon had emailed me. It's like Jäger stage. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you give. <laughs> like, yeah. That's going to be uh, really cool, and I, I suppose it's going to open open you guys up to, I suppose, a bigger audience as well. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, I mean. The, the the minute sorry Josh I'm just talking continue <laughs> but like the, the minute you get announced for that as well you you get the the fanzines and podcasts such as yourself that want to you know oh, I'm doing a thing off for Bloodstock can I take an interview for that? like Moshfield Times and the Razor's Edge have been in touch and that's instantly you'll fill out a questionnaire thing and they'll publish it and share it about like the road to Bloodstock for the New Blood and Jaeger stage bands which is great and then it's instantly more people that know that you exist and you know I, I played the Jaeger stage before about seven years ago and it's it's one of my favorite stages to play because it's it's small and intimate and there's the, the flip side of things if anything goes tits up um it's not like a tent big tent like the new blood or so yeah. stage where if you know if people aren't there it really does look and feel empty whereas the egg stage is kind of small and compact and it's not enclosed so even if there's like i don't know 20 to 30 people there it's still like a good crowd ah okay do you get to take any merch along to bloodstock um, yeah, yeah, we can. Um, I think we've got um, just picked up an order of t shirts last week. 
and we've got some CDs, so we'll be selling uh, CDs and T-shirts at Bloodstock. Okay, we'll look out for those. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, I was actually looking at the merch online the other day, I think it was. So I'll probably get some before Bloodstock, but um, are you there all weekend? You are. Uh, I'm there all weekend. I think the guys are Just there all day Friday and hitting and bobbing. So. Back but, to work on Sunday. Are you at work? Oh, yeah. uh, that's, oh that's a bummer. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's life, isn't it? But, um, but yeah, they're looking well. At least they said like, I could have the Friday off. <laughs> that would have been that would have been a kick in the balls, isn't it? To quit my job to play bloodstock. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that is pretty rock and roll. <laughs> no, they were cool about it. They were like, no, have the Friday. Okay, cool. Um, is it the quick fire round? Um, yeah, I think we're moving on to the quick fire round. So don't think too much about this. Just kind of give us your first thing that comes into your head and then, I don't know, maybe a reason why. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to do the first one? Okay. I'll do the first one. Then. Okay. Okay. What was the first album you owned? Ah, uh, it was uh, Bon Jovi, New Jersey. Ooh, painful. It's not bad. Oh, painful. <laughs> Gorilla's debut album. Sorry, what was that? The Gorilla's debut album. The Gorilla's debut album? Yeah, yeah. It was just before I got into metal, so it was a toss-up between... I remember I was in Woolworths, and it was like, they'll buy the Gorillaz album and the Crawling by Linkin Park single, <laughs> or the Linkin Park album, or the Clint Eastwood single, because I, I didn't really like that album. So I ended up with the Gorillaz album and the Linkin Park single, and then I turned 14 and found Metallica, and it was... Yeah. All <laughs> and it went, and it, it went on from there. Yeah. Mine, for me, from you remember those like clubs you used to get where you'd pay a subscription, and you have to pick like a load of like tapes or CDs to get each month? Oh, yeah. I remember that. Kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember those? Yeah. And um, yeah, in with her whatever month uh, she got me Bon Jovi. She was age now. I was in Woolworths and he had a, a monthly subscription. <laughs> yeah, we had a monthly subscription to the Tate Club. Yeah. <laughs> okay, then. So what would be your death row meal? So you get a starter, a main, a pudding, and a drink. Wow. Chicken goujons with garlic mayonnaise, uh, full slap-up Nando's, and then the chicken. pudding, all the chocolate, chocolate, everything, <laughs> chocolate cheesecake, gato, chocolate. What would you have to drink? Um, Asti Spamante. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> <laughs> really nice stuff I have at Christmas. Christmas. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're a chef. You're going to yeah. come out with some big words now, aren't you? Oh, chef, a chefy meal, really. Chef. Well, no, I think main course I'd have like I'd have a nice piece of meat. Like um, this isn't a very chefy answer, but I'd have the fillet steak, not the ribeye, because I prefer fillet. Starters, I don't know, man. You look like a garlic mushrooms kind of guy. No, no. I mean, I don't mind that, but your death row meal. Oh, it's difficult. This is. I like chicken nuggets from McDonald's. Can I have that as a starter? If that's what you want as your starter, then you can have chicken nuggets. Or uh, a load of Ben and Jerry's ice cream for pudding. What to drink though? I don't know. I'll just, I'll just have a cup of tea. And <laughs> <laughs> um, what was the first gig that you went to? Thunder at the assembly rooms in Derby when I was twelve. A system of a Down at the Ice Arena when I was fourteen. Mm. Yeah, pretty solid. Yeah. Pretty solid answers. Those. I'm impressed with the impressed with the gigs. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, mine was Thunder, but they were supporting Bon Jovi, so technically Thunder were the first band I saw too. In that case, then, well, Dillinger Escape Plan supported System of a Down on that wow. tour, so that was intense. Well, that's, that's a good support. Yeah, good support. that was intense. Really good support. Mm. I didn't get um, that. I thought it was silly, but I appreciate that. 
<laughs> is, it, is it one of those you look back on and go, actually, that was really cool? Uh, well, they were there like, trucking the guitars around yeah. like that. You yeah. know how like, kind of uh, aggressive and, and, and showman they are, as well as being ridiculously technical. I'm just like, listen to Metallica and New Metal, and it's like, what the, what the hell is this? What is this insanity? Yeah. Okay, so what are your favourite crisps? Hula hoops. Hula hoops, what flavour? Ready salted. Ready salted. They're really nice on a tuna sandwich. <laughs> I, I quite like a, a tortilla chip, like a Dorito. Cool. What flavour? Cool original. It's not very exciting, is it? Ah, I've never been a, never been a fan. I'm a, I'm a cheesy Dorito man all the way. Oh, I don't like the way it makes your fingers go orange. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't like orange fingers. And <laughs> um, what would be your dream tour lineup? So, kind of headliner, maybe a couple of supports. You can include yourselves in that if you want to. We have bands from the past. Yeah, anyone? anybody you want. It's a dream. So you it's your dream. One. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. A Black Sabbath headlining back back in the seventies when they were all young and incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, Nirvana as the uh, the sort of the main support um, back when they were all alive. And oh, I don't know who's opening. We'll open. Why not? We'll open mm-hmm. that gig. Right. Um, again, we'll open. And then I want like Led Zeppelin from like the seventies. Sabbath from the seventies, and then poor John Deacon is taken ill, and somebody needs to play bass for Queen. <laughs> so do a two-hour set for Queen with Freddie. That'd be awesome. Imagine how much the tickets would be for that show: Black Sabbath, yeah. Led Zeppelin, and Queen. Oh yeah, it'd be ridiculous. It'd be ridiculous. Yeah. You'd need a thousand pounds to go and see that. Yeah, game, but we're right? playing, so we're probably getting yeah, paid a thousand pounds. That's true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got you guys will be fine. You've got you've got your uh, triple A. I would happily play that for nothing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Donate my fee to the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> People in. <laughs> What's your pre-gig drink? You just changed yours, haven't you? Yeah. Well, I'm. I, I was a big craft ale drinker, uh, but as I'm getting on in my life, uh, my body has decided uh, it doesn't like that anymore. So I'm on a six-week hiatus from beer. So I've been drinking uh, gin and lemonade. Delicious. Okay, uh, which is well, you know it's it's refreshing, it's crisp, and you can still get your buzz on, ready for ready for ready to play. I like um, this is really boring. Um, water is very good for my throat before I play, and for remembering the words. But I do quite like um, a glass of cider sometimes before we play, but not every time. Sometimes I go sober. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm it's not very exciting, that is it? What's really important before a gig uh, is vocal zones. Loads of vocal zones for a smooth vocal performance. Perfect sense for a vocalist. Yeah. <laughs> if you were a biscuit, what biscuit would you be? <laughs> Jaffa cake, definitely love Jaffa cake. Oh, I can't stand Jaffa. I don't know, but they're not really a biscuit; they're a cake. They're not a biscuit. It's no, controversial. Yeah. Only for tax reasons. Well, for tax reasons exactly. <laughs> Uh, well, I love a good hobnob, but that's saying a lot about myself. I'm probably like a, a rich tea or something rich lame. Tea. Nah, more uh, exciting than that. I think I'm a, I'm a rich tea that thinks it's a hobnob because <laughs> <laughs> I'm soft inside. <laughs> uh, what about you, Josh? Oh, is uh, Jaffa Cakes disqualified, is it? Um, yeah, it, it, we, we can't have a Jaffa Cake. It's cake. Against the rules, mate. Oh, I'll just I'll be a bourbon then. 
Yeah, I'm chocolatey. A nice feeling. Mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what was the last song you listened to? Uh, we listened to Fleetwood Mac, weren't we? Just I think um, Albatross. Just Albatross came by Fleetwood Mac came on. Came on Alexa. Yeah. 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 Big Fleetwood Mac fans. I prefer the Peter Green stuff, the early blues stuff myself, but obviously Rumours is still a banger. But... I prefer the 80s stuff. Yeah. I prefer the 70s stuff. There you go, that's the difference in it. Blues and pop songs. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it, um, it, it ties in with uh, what you guys were saying earlier. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a big melting pot. <laughs> <laughs> So what's the gig and tour plans after Bloodstock? Uh, we've got one gig at the beginning of September at the Tap and Tumbler. Okay. What day is that going to be? Do we know? I, I want to say, I'll tell you in one second once it loads up. We After Bloodstock, though, we're kind of um, not doing as many gigs as we've been doing in the run-up to Bloodstock because we're getting ready to record the album at the end of September. Yes. But from the sort of October, we're booking. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've got nothing booked in apart from it's the 3rd of September. 3rd of September. At the Tap and Tumblr. And then at the end of September, we've got a week in the studio and then a bit of a rest while we sort of um, get the album mixed and videos recorded and things like that. And we'll see what comes in because the guys have got a few holidays coming up as well towards the end of the year. And we've had quite a big run up to bloodstock in terms of gigs so we've still got in between now and bloodstock we've got three more gigs four more gigs four more gigs i think three more gigs four more gigs before bloodstock so the fourth one yeah so we've got and we've been every weekend for the last four four or five it seems like a long time yeah yeah. so we've been going at it so we'll have a bit of a rest get the album done and then see what happens yeah we've seen um some of the posters and you guys have kind of been here, there, everywhere, just kind of all over the country, just, you know, hammering these gigs out. Yeah. Is it starting to take its toll a little bit yet, or are you... Uh, um, the, the gigging's fine. It's going back to work on a Monday. Yeah, that's the that's issue. The yeah. It's not the, we love the music, <laughs> it's just work is rubbish. So... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a feeling work always gets in the way, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're... We're, we're at... Uh, Chinnery's in South End Saturday night. And that was a great gig. And then we got back at like half two in the morning. And then like Sunday, you've got to sort of, you know, get your stuff together ready for Monday and still have time for your family and things like that. But like next weekend, we've got Beast Fest and then Beer Fest Saturday and Sunday. So we're going to be like away all weekend and then probably get back late Sunday. And then it's still, you know, we'll put five on Monday ready for the grind. No, it's all good fun. I mean, we've got nothing better to do. So yeah, keep, it keeps us out of trouble. It definitely doesn't like... Um, what you just said about it, it's not it's not taking its toll. It is fun. Like this, we, that's what I love most is playing playing the gigs. So it's it's really good. I like it. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's for, for me and Gaz. There's not a lot of places that me and Gaz haven't played. So we've kind of got an idea whether it's worth doing or not. Um, not that we'd sort of turn down any gigs, but it's like, oh, you know, we don't want to do anything too local if we've got a local gig and. Sort of been there before and been there before. Let's go back and see if it's any good or somewhere new as well. So we just kind of just quality over quantity, but it has been a bit of quantity recently. But... <laughs> yeah, you, you, you've definitely been doing all the all the gigs, and it's um, yeah. I mean, I hope it 
keeps going because um, yeah, we, I mean, we we saw you at Mangata and we were really impressed. Um, awesome. And you were absolutely excellent live. And even like you were saying, with the, with a quick turnaround for the sound for the sound checks, we noticed a few other bands had audio issues over the weekend, but you guys were fine. <laughs> on stage was a bit weird to start with, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. As long as it sounds good out front, but on stage sometimes it's like oh, I might be too loud, and and the guys have got no monitoring and things like that. But if it sounds great out front, that's all that matters. But this is like quick half an hour set, and it's done anyway. But yeah. um, I don't know, I'm kind of used to just getting there, and you've got like fifteen minutes to set set up and crack on. So it's, yeah, pretty. We played those songs quite a lot, now, haven't we? We. Yeah. You can play it even if you can't really hear everything that you need to hear. You can just hear enough to, to play it well. And I think we're uh, yeah. pretty much in a groove with the, the first album stuff now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm glad you guys liked it, and thanks for checking us out. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Thank you. No worries at all. So you've mentioned a couple of times that you're already working on your second album. Is there a timeline in terms of when we can expect to hear that? Uh, well, we are booked in the last week of September. In terms of an actual release date, don't know about that yet. We are looking to do it sort of kind of like properly and get a couple of videos out and get some promo and things like that. And they always say, you know, give yourself three to four months uh, to build up to that. So it's going to take maybe um, October to sort of mix and master it before we get anything back that we're ready to burn onto a CD, so to speak. And then it'd be a case of do some videos promo it up so january maybe not january because everyone's skin after christmas so that's ballpark february book a decent venue in knots do a proper album release um but you'll definitely hear something before christmas maybe a single or something yeah i think you hear some like some new stuff this year but probably i think it's really unlikely the album will be out this year and it'll, yeah it'll be yeah. At the beginning of next year i think yeah still early days in terms of time frame um we've kind of still working on the pre-production side. So we're just recording ghost tracks tonight, ready for the studio and, and getting that. We've still got one more song so to finish. Still got a song to finish. Yeah, we've only got nine songs at the moment. Yeah, that's terrible. We need nine, ten. Nine and a half. <laughs> <laughs> and are you recording it locally? Yeah, we're recording it at uh, Electric Beer in Mansfield. Okay. okay. Um, just around, you know, where the brown cow is? Yeah. Yeah. Around the back of the, there's the Dulux Centre on the corner. Near the oh, yeah. Up there and then up around the back there. Um, I've been there a few times, and uh, Simon is a really cool dude. They just had a big, complete refurb over lockdown, and it was amazing anyway. But now it's just like ridiculous. It smells, it smells incredible in there. It smells like new wood, <laughs> fresh pines, smell. fresh carpet, and fresh wood. Yeah, but yeah. Looking forward to working with Simon there. Oh yeah, well, can't wait for that to come out. Mm. Um, be really looking forward to that in the new year. Awesome. Um, yeah, see, uh, see, kind of how it flows from the first album. Yeah, sure. Yeah, as soon as we get a teaser, we'll fire it over. See what you think, and um, if we get a single or anything to plug, we'll yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah, send it our way. We'll um, we'll definitely check it out. Give it a plug. Yeah, really like what you guys are doing. So, until uh, yeah, it'd be really good to hear. Awesome. Thank you very much. Cool. Is that all of the questions? Um, I think so. Yeah. Cool. Right. Well, Josh, stuff been absolutely amazing to talk with you. Thanks for coming on. No worries. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you for having us, yeah. That's the end of episode 14. Thanks again to Josh and Stoff for joining us for the interview. As we said earlier, they're going to be at Bloodstock on Friday on the Jaeger stage. So go and check them out if you're there. The time will be confirmed soon. 
Thanks again, as always, for listening. And if you've liked what you've been listening to, do please tell people about us and spread the word. If you're not already following us on social media, go and look us up on Instagram and Twitter. We're at Ready to Mosh Cast. And as we mentioned last week, we are now on YouTube to search for Ready to Mosh on there to find our channel. We've got some previous podcast episodes up there and also some clips of footage of the bands that we saw at Mangata Festival. So go and give us a watch, like and subscribe on there as well.